You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Let's quickly thank Jay Hill Marketing before we get rolling today, not to mention its brand new book editing house division, Bookmark. Bookmark enables you to keep your copyright without sacrificing the professional execution of the big houses and all at a fraction of the price when you're publishing your book. This is a brand new business model in digital book publishing. Bookmark is helping authors everywhere get published. I'm alone in the cockpit today, and we're going to talk about a subject that is touching a nerve lately. When and how do you and should you ever reveal your illness to your clients? I know it's a sticky wicket. I broached this topic in our SickBiz Facebook group because I wanted to share the real experiences of real people out there in the working world trenches who are trying to make a living and manage serious health challenges. And my peeps did not disappoint. This is a sticky subject because you know how reliable you are. You know that you go the extra mile for your client. You know that maybe you are even more efficient because you have no choice but to be that way. You know all of this, yet you might be afraid that other people, and particularly people who are trusting you with their money, might not feel the same way about it. This is a very real situation. And when you don't divulge your personal challenges, you may feel disingenuous. You may feel like you are hiding something. And I want to reassure you of two things before we go any further down this topic line. I've been having a hard time trying to string my words together today as I've been speaking in analogies. So this really might be a comical episode. (laughs) So here's the first point. You don't owe it to anyone to disclose your personal information. I've said it before. As long as you get the job done, you are not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. You are not obligated, period, to talk about whatever you don't want to, period. That is intensely personal and intimate, period. You are in control of that. And if you decide to pull back and you say, you know what, I'm really not comfortable with that. Um, some people are awkward and in an effort to get you to talk and open up about your condition, they might even ask you about your symptoms. Oh, wow. You know, my cousin had that, whatever. What were your symptoms? Maybe you don't want to talk about, you know, your IBS with constipation. Nobody could blame you. You don't have to divulge anything that you don't want to divulge, period. You're in control of that. Two. Please, please, please refuse any guilt that might try to enter your life over this. You're in control of that. We talked about that last week or a couple of weeks ago, but you are in control of that. This is why it's critical that you practice your self-talk every day and multiple times a day to combat any bad feelings you might assign yourself over what you can't control. 
We don't get to take on guilt over what we can't control. And we can even turn that into self-talk for a minute. I don't get to take on guilt over what I can't control. You don't get to do that. Sorry. Not going to happen. So here's a third point, though. And so we talked about the reassurance of you don't owe it to anyone and refuse any guilt. So now I fall into this third category here, and I think you might too. There's a number of you that might. I happen to believe that we have a responsibility to speak up for each other and also to speak up for ourselves. The world has changed and we are a race struggling, a human race, to be clear, struggling along in the midst of toxins, genetically modified garbage, pollution, and stress, not to mention any genetic components that might predispose you to be bitten in the ass. We are the change. We are bringing the change. We will prove our abilities through the work we do and the promises we keep. So I do want to jump on that train to progress, obviously, because I don't shut up about it. That might be your gig, too. That's great. You might feel you need to be more private, as we talked about, and that's totally fine, too. But you may identify with this surprise, item three. And if you don't, refer to item one. You don't owe it to anyone. So let's assume as we continue our discussion that we are going to share a little of ourselves with the client that we have been working with for a while. Maybe it's a few months. How might this go? First, so many firsts today, but let's wrap our heads around the fact that in this community, we represent hundreds of diseases and thousands of symptoms. Our community includes people in the mental health industry as well, so there's an overlap. Keeping this in mind, your situation will not mirror anyone else's and neither will mine. So let's just hold on to that fact as we move forward. We are trying to generalize to a degree how we can each handle our physical situations. Like I said, I asked the people in the sick biz group to share their experiences. And these are a couple of examples of that I got back. So one person has said that she hadn't said a peep to her client, but she needed to go to their location. She was able to work outside of her home to a degree. And some of us do. Some of us do the majority of our work remotely, but we do have to pop in now and then into the client's location or a shared working situation. So she needed to go to their location. And when she got there, she was confronted by stairs. She had to take these stairs to get to where she needed to go to meet that client. And as she put it, while she was icing her knees, everyone learned about what happens when bone on bone grinds together in your knees. In this case, she took the challenge, she weighed what it would cost her, and she went for it. She used those stairs. It was intensely painful for her. She had to open herself up and be vulnerable to that client because there was no other choice. She had to ice her knees, she had to take care of her physical condition, and she was in agony. There's no way to hide agony. 
Haven't we all tried to hide agony and there's just no way to do it? <laughs> so the client became better aware. This was a good turn of events. They became better aware of how they needed to accommodate her paving the way for improved communication. Another person said that when they were diagnosed with Lyme disease, her longtime client went away. She just, poof, just disappeared. She feels that this client exited because they were trying to be empathetic and allow her to rest and heal. Here's what's really ironic. This client has one of my diseases, transverse myelitis. And so she anticipated, it sounds like, that what she would need is what she was trying to give the person who shared this story. She thought, well, I would need this because we have similar ailments, so I'm just going to go away and let you heal. Well, in talking to this person, she wants you to know and she wants them to know their timing was awful. She needed the money at that time more than ever. And that client going away was a terrible inconvenience for her. So this particular circumstance maybe speaks to some fears that you have about this happening to you. Well, I'll speak up. Somebody will find out. They'll go away. I'll go broke. I'll be on the streets. Don't we catastrophize so well? <laughs> But I want to talk about an alternative to what can happen if that client does go away. And I will get to that in a moment. As it pertains to my symptoms, I suffer horrible fatigue and it is suspected that I do have chronic fatigue syndrome in addition to the medley of other fuckery afoot in my body. Uh, I do need to let people know on a Zoom call, hey, this is me in bed. Sometimes I do the podcast in bed. I'm sitting in my bed right now doing the podcast. It is not taking away from my ability to try and bring value to this community. But sometimes I don't have a choice. My legs are like, dude, we're done today. You're, you're finished. Um, or I'm completely and totally exhausted and can't sit upright, even on a couch. So I will do things. I will join a video call in bed and say, hey, I'm pretty whipped today, but I can still do the job, so let's get going. People adapt. People adapt. And when you do the job, their concerns start to dissipate. It's surprising to some people, but by and large, they get it. And we usually proceed just fine. There's really no... Uh, well, that's it. You know, you're sitting in your bed and the background behind you is totally different. You've got a pillow versus a picture on a wall. I don't think we can do this. There's none of that. It's just this honesty of, hey, I'm a little down today, but I have decided I can still join. This is how I can join. You absolutely can do this. They even have on the market something called the bed desk. Because things are changing like we talked about. The way people are working is changing. Products have to keep up. Society has to keep up. This is why I love joining in the conversation and saying, hey, you didn't know I did that blog post from my freaking bed. Did you suffer any quality? No, because I still poured in all of the potential, 
all of the talent, everything that I have for you to make it be the best possible. So I believe your takeaway for this conversation should be as follows. Share what you are comfortable with and realize that you have a right to your privacy. Now, when you're undergoing a procedure that means you will be unavailable or you are involved in treatment that will take you down for the count for the next few days, yes, speak up. You have a right to your privacy, but you need to be transparent as it pertains to other people's understanding of how you can complete your responsibilities. This is no different than if you were in a a typical uh, working for the man, working for a private company. Hey, I'm going to be having surgery and uh, it's same day surgery. I'm coming out, but I'm really, I'm out for that day and potentially half of the next day, but I should be doing just fine to resume after that. So I just wanted to let you know that And in anticipation of this, I have structured deliverables to hit on these dates for you. And I will be totally open and transparent in my communication about what's going on so that you know you're taken care of, so that your client knows their needs are being thought of by you. You're anticipating them. You're planning for them. Do that for them. They will not worry about doing it for themselves. So in those cases, share what you're going through to allow your client time to make other arrangements. That means they might assign somebody else to do something because you can't be available. That's okay. You're going to have to mediate your fear that being removed off of one particular section of a job means that you're being replaced entirely. It doesn't mean that. They have every right to make other arrangements to accommodate for their needs. Outside of sharing what is going to directly impact them, if you choose to, you can still be quiet about what you have going on if that's more comfortable for you. Just communicate on those key points and those key moments that affect other people and keep the rest to yourself. And that's completely fine. And you don't owe anybody an explanation. You don't have to say, well, you know what, Linda, I didn't tell you because I didn't feel that. You don't have to say anything. If somebody says, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, or I really would have liked to know that. Um, you can simply say, it doesn't affect the job that I do, so it's not relevant. That's all you have to say. You don't have to defend yourself. It's not relevant. I will inform you when there are changes that are relevant, just like anybody else on the team. So second takeaway is if you share what your health challenges are with a client and they go away, Or if they express concern that their account will be compromised or uh, they're not going to be able to access particular things and they are demanding their intellectual property, they want their documents, they want their logins, they want all of these things so they can find another resource, then I know what I am about to tell you sucks. And you know what I'm about to tell you. This is not the right client for you. This is a person whose energy won't serve you. 
And when they go, which you can't control, we have to wrap our minds around that. There's nothing that you can do to convince somebody who's intent on going that they need to stay. So when they go, hold the space open for the right person with the right intention and the right energy. And trust me, that space will be filled up. This is an exercise in faith. And I know that that can be quite difficult to execute, but I'm just asking you to be willing to hold that space open and repeat to yourself, somebody, the right person is going to come along and fill that space up. This is a positive that happens when the trash takes itself out and you get to feel good about that. So a third takeaway is if you have general discomfort and you wonder about sharing that, I have a rule of thumb that I use. So I have a to-do list and I color code it because I'm a big dork. So everything in red is like immediate. You have to do it right now. Orange is you need to address this. Yellow is I'm waiting. Green is good to go. It's already been done. But look at that to-do list and I know that I have completed my tasks on my list or um, my share of the tasks and maybe I'm just waiting for somebody to get back to me about something before I can proceed further. Or I know I've spoken with people and said, hey, you know what? This is where we are with things. We're working on it. I anticipate we're going to finish around this date. As long as I'm keeping people informed, if I'm not feeling well, even on my personal page, because I do have personal brand overlap. If I'm not feeling well, but I've done my share of the tasks and I have communicated with my clients, then I feel more comfortable sharing. I don't share from the standpoint of, well, you know what? I take that back. Sometimes when I share, I'm like, I just want to feel the love. I want somebody to say, you know, I hope you feel better and you're cared about and I'm thinking about you. That's very human and that's okay. That's okay to feel those things. But I'm not trying to wring pity out of people. Like I'm just trying to be me and live my life and say this is this is part of my life. When I when I get that response back, care about you or thinking about you, that's a lovely bonus. But I don't typically share unless I have my shit in order. And that means to, if I can't get my shit in order, then it's time to rely on my support system and say, you know what, I, I really can't complete this and I don't know in the foreseeable future when I will be able to. I better pull somebody else in so I can focus on getting better right now. And when I have these things in place or I pull in an outside person then I can communicate with the client and say, hey, you know what? Everything is being attended to. I'm reassuring you. So when I share how I'm feeling and I get personal, they will understand they haven't slipped through the cracks. This is the biggest thing about working with clients and sharing what you're going through and sharing about your conditions is understanding what they need to hear and why. 
Now understand sharing about your illness is not a one-way street either. It's not about you just sharing. It's about you being okay with other people having feelings. And if you want to, taking the time to educate them about what it will be like to work with you. When you let people know, this is how I plan when I have a flare, for instance, they know you're thinking about them and being proactive. It makes them less likely to run away. That's why I do what I do. This is the communication. I know this part is done. I'm just waiting for somebody else's input. So if I share, they feel better. I'm being proactive and taking care of their anticipated needs. You know, and I liken this situation to thinking about how your caretaker might feel. And when I say caretaker, I'm not talking about like you're an invalid and you're in bed. Perhaps you are, and that's fine if you are. I'm talking about the person that you live with who maybe has to pick up some of the slack for you. So, and and that's okay to say that. My husband picks up a ton of the slack for me and I'm not like, oh, you suck. He has to pick up the slack for you. I'm like, that's the way it is. I try to pick up the slack for him in other areas when I can, but the understanding is that we love each other. We're going to be there for each other. He is a caretaker. You know, I'm not in bed 24-7, but he is a caretaker. I do think about how he feels. I do think about how his life is impacted. Just like I think about how the client's life is impacted. People get to have feelings. They get to feel inconvenienced. They get to feel worried. And it's not a direct response, like an arrow back to you saying, I'm targeting you. I have feelings. I'm worried. It's your fault. I'm angry. All these things. It is simply in the situation They get to have feelings. So work on allowing people to have their feelings and detaching that from you. And it's our responsibility to look out for how people might be feeling as we would in any healthy relationship. It's even our responsibility to reassure people, you're going to be okay. And it seems a little ass backwards, doesn't it? Well, you're the person that has the condition or or the challenge or consideration or whatever it happens to be. Now I have to do the reassurance? Yes, you do. You're not incapable of participating in a relationship, be it a caretaker or a spouse, a client relationship. You're not incapable of participating in that. And so you, we don't get to take that responsibility away. We have a responsibility to reassure people in any healthy relationship. Hey, I care about you. I also know you might have zero frame of reference for what's happening right now and how to handle it. But I got you. I got you. So when it comes to the clients, what are they going to feel? That absolutely helps you to handle it. Can you feel frustrated, angry, sad, or any other emotion as you are mitigating this, deciding how to move forward as you are receiving a reaction? Absolutely. 
You get to feel how you need to and want to. You get to decide how you will react. Those are things within your control. You're not in control of the other person. The bottom line is that you can gauge based on your relationship, your want to nurture it, and your desire to cultivate the conversation if you want to disclose anything but the absolute most mandatory details that may affect your client. Everybody is different. Everybody has a different comfort level. People are comfortable talking about different things. Some people don't like to open up too much. If we're looking at, um, and I have to use labeling right now, introvert, extrovert, I hate labels. <laughs> Just to put that out there. But if we're looking at that, they say, and I've, I've seen this kind of floating around, that introverts are drained by too much social activity. It's draining and they have to revert. They have to go be by themselves for a while and and let their energy build up again. It's very taxing. I would imagine whether you're an introvert or extrovert that you may not want to share. You may feel embarrassed or whatever the case is. But I would also imagine that most introverts would be like, yeah, you know what? I'm predisposed not to feel like sharing. So you get to, you get to make that choice. I would also imagine that there are some ailments and conditions that are very sensitive to talk about. You know, not everybody wants to hold their hand up and be like, hey, I suffer from major fatigue. And so um, I'm going to have to walk away for like four hours and then come back to your project. That's sensitive to talk about because it's telling people I can't follow through on something. But you can say that as long as you have plans for an alternate way to handle your business. So you guys know that I work with Ryan Stuman. I've worked with him for a long time. And when we first started working together, he did not know I was sick. He would just give me stuff to do. I was grateful for it. And we continued on that way. It's now been three plus years. At some point, I told him I was sick. I let him know how horribly sick I was. I was like, you know, I have this disease. And then later on, he found out that I have Lyme disease too. By that point, it didn't matter. I had been doing a great job. He could see it. Didn't matter what I was dealing with, personal, professional, whatever the case was. I wasn't going to drop the ball. I had demonstrated that with him. And I like to think of that period of time as progress because I feel like I taught him something in that moment. And I do feel like I teach my clients. You have to take a chance on somebody who says they're going to keep their word. And especially you need to continue to support people who do keep their word, who do keep their promises, and who do follow through. So you can be a part of the conversation or not. And you know what? If you're not a part of the conversation, you don't get to feel guilt about that either because you're doing what you can. As long as you're doing what you can in the moment for you, you're okay. You're absolutely okay. So that's a lot to think about today as we wrap this episode of Sick Biz Buzz. 
But I want to invite you to be a part of the SICPA's Facebook group so we can continue the conversation about what and how and when and if you should share with your clients. Everybody has different experiences. And one thing that I'm learning as I go through this life is that my experiences do not equal others' experiences. So if somebody says, well, you know what? That's the way it is. Every city is like this or whatever because I experience this thing. That's not the case. Everybody has their own experiences. And that is why the community is open for you. It is your community. It's a place for you to share. It's a place for you to brainstorm. It's a place for you to get support. And it's interesting because when I first created SickBiz, the goal was that this would be so much more business-oriented in terms of take this class, do this module, do this thing. And I have yet to launch those courses, and I am working on them, let me tell you. I just want to make sure I provide the best value. But in any case, what I'm really finding is that the value for people has been in the community and in the support they receive where they feel heard and understood. So please consider joining our Facebook group. You can find us through the SickBiz Facebook page. And we'll also make sure that there's a link in this podcast blog. So we'll make it super easy for you. But I don't think you'll be disappointed if you join the community. And I do do think and I do know you'll make some great connections, both business and personal. It's one of the only places where people feel heard. So of course, I want to extend that invitation to you to join us. Again, a lot to think about today, and I do welcome your experiences as well. I want to make sure that we're getting in as many personal experiences as we possibly can to represent as many people as we possibly can. And I know we only shared about three instances, but I also hope that you come away from this episode with a little more confidence in yourself and in your decisions. And that you feel validated about making the choices that you do. I hope that some of you are inspired to continue bringing awareness to your conditions and to what it's like working remotely and the reality of it. And I really appreciate you being here. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.